You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Watson directing traffic, going to try it again, and that time it will be caught. Kenny Stills for the touchdown. You are here for Crossover Wednesday. I am the host of the Locked On Titans podcast, Tyler Rowland. We are here with the hosts of the Locked On Texans podcast, Cody and John. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing well, man. Thanks for having us on Crossover Wednesdays. Like my favorite week of yeah. the Locked On Podcast Network. Yeah, it's uh, definitely one of my favorite episodes. How are you doing tonight, John? I'm doing great. Ready to discuss Titans, Texans. You know. Uh, the family heritage lineage, rather, of the Texans and Titans mm-hmm. going way back to the 90s. So there's some familiarity here, and I can't wait to, to, to talk about it. Yeah, definitely. It's uh, one of those things that neither side really likes, but neither of us can really run from either. So it's kind of just that big elephant in the room that always seems to get brought up anytime we play, and it'll probably stay that way. And I don't mind there being a little extra something to uh, – to get going over than than just the game out on the field. That doesn't bother me any. Yeah, you know, the, the funny thing about this game, which it'll be the first time that the Texans-Titans play this season, and it has a lot of implications on it, you know, the possible AFC South shakeup, and maybe the Titans can jump ahead at number one. Can the Texans, Texans hold the Titans off? But do you remember this summer where there was like a petition going on <laughs> so that the Texans can get those Oilers jerseys back? I was just thinking about that. This should be uh, the game that maybe the owners have side bets and say, well, if you guys win this game, we'll let you wear it next year. We'll give you the opportunity. Just, I would like that. That would that be would cool be if fun. the owners did have a side bet on it. That would be something fair. But if they aren't going to actually – uh, decide it out on the field, then I'm going to go with what most Titans fans said over the summer, and that's going to be a hard no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I wouldn't want to give those jerseys up, too. They're too they're, sweet. They're sick, man. They're really nasty. And some of my favorite Titans memories are, are Chris Johnson in those jerseys doing damage. So I can't give them up that easily. But if they put it out on the field and made it actually a competition on the field, then, hey, how could you complain? Can't at all. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Well, getting straight to it and getting to the game that is this weekend, one of the biggest games in the NFL of the entire season, probably have a lot to do with deciding the AFC South. Obviously, the first thing you have to mention when you're talking Texans is Deshaun Watson, DeAndre Hopkins, the weapons on offense. Right now, it goes past just the counting numbers. You guys are the fifth best red zone offense at 66.7%, third best third down offense at 45.9%. Uh, Notice you guys are only giving up 39 sacks this year. Everybody knows about the weapons, and that's why I bring that up. But it seems like the offensive line, who got pretty much trashed through most of the offseason, has kind of stepped up a little bit. Am I right or wrong about that? No, you're definitely right. Listen, I mean, we knew going into this offseason what the issue was going to be, and that was getting protection for Deshaun Watson. And we tried to get on it early in the draft when we went out and got Titus Howard. And then in the, the uh, second round, we went and got Max Sharpen, who's having a decent season at left guard, the rookie. But Laramie Tunsil, although he's had a lot of issues with false starts, 
getting those penalties. 39 sacks with three games left compared to where the Texans were last year and compared to where they were projected to be when the season started. I think we didn't overpay at all. We had to bring Tunsil in because our future is Deshaun Watson. And how do you protect your future? Giving him somebody to watch his back. Then you get Kenny Steele's in the trade, but strictly with the offensive line, a much improved offensive line. Also considering we have defenses in our divisions like Tennessee, tough defense, tough nose, defensive line, front seven. We needed that. Yeah, I, I, I definitely understand. I like the trade for Laramie Tunsil, and I personally, when it happened, I know they paid a lot, but you, like you said, the future is Deshaun Watson. You got to protect that. Speaking of a trade, uh, another trade, you guys traded for Duke Johnson in the offseason to get more of a satellite back, and uh, pairing him with Carlos Hyde, that was a backfield that kind of like the offensive line, a lot of people weren't very happy with or didn't expect a lot from, but they've been producing pretty well. I mean, the Texans are top 10 in rushing the ball and throwing the ball at this moment in time, so what is it about those running backs or maybe more uh, love for the offensive line that's gotten the running game going along with that passing game? Uh, well, for me, Todd, I, I just look at it that Carlos Hyde is healthy, right? Health is wealth, whether you're on the NFL field, whether you're on the NBA court, whether you are teaching a classroom full of students. If you are healthy, the chances of you succeeding increases. So Carlos Hyde is healthy. He's been dealing with injuries his entire NFL career. But the one year where he was healthy for majority of the season, when he was in San Fran, look what he did. And then also bringing in Duke Johnson, who's better, who's one of the better running backs when you look at yards per carry. He doesn't get that many attempts per game as maybe I personally would like, but he does so many things out of that backfield. He can run and fall forward for five yards. He can catch and, and be a threat to opposing defenses. There's a lot of what I like to call like a smash and grab here. You know, tough nose running back. Carlos Hyde is going to take the majority of the load. But when you put in Duke Johnson, the switch up can also hurt your team. Yep, that definitely does make sense. Uh, uh, out there, uh, Cody, do you, do you have any thoughts? Yeah, just having both of those guys really do open up the offense, especially Duke Johnson, because if you pay pay attention to the majority of our games, we use him as a as a as just another receiver out there. We already have DeAndre Hopkins. We already have Kenny Stills and Will Fuller when he's healthy. Just having Duke Johnson just as in another playmaker, and it just gives Deshaun Watson just another threat um, that that he can that he can use to his advantage while on the field. Well, Cody, what do, what do you think the Texans are going to do then, all the things we talked about? How do you think they attack this Titans defense that has been giving up a, a lot of passing yards lately, is stout against the run, but of course can can step up at any time and have a good day? Well, what – it, it well, First of all, it all depends on what Houston Texans team we're going to get. Are we going to get the Texans team who actually look like a championship contenders against the New England Patriots? Or are we going to give or, or are we going to get the Houston Texans who who gave up 38 points to the Denver Broncos? When you're talking about how the way that they're going to attack because you got because you got secondaries, you know, is 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 not that great. I'm pretty sure they're going to go out with, with, a, with an attack with. DeAndre Hopkins with Will Fuller if he's healthy and if he's able to play with Kenny Stills. I'm pretty sure that's going to be 
that's going to be the game plan going into this game is attacking you guys secondary. Yeah, uh, right now with all the injuries that the Titans are facing in the secondary, that makes sense. It, it should be the plan, I guess, for the, the Texans who obviously have such a talented passing attack. Anyways, moving into the defensive side of the ball for the Texans, right now they're giving up a lot of yards in the passing game. I mean, that's where we saw Drew Locke and the Broncos attack in the game that you mentioned. Uh, the Titans do like to throw the ball, of course, but you know the, the whole entire offense is based around Derrick Henry. What do you think the Texans are going to try to do to stop this running game? That's the thing. <laughs> um they're, they're, they're going to put a lot of pressure on it, but our front seven is not as as strong. I mean, you saw what happened. We lost to Davion Clowney. Whitney, Mer Whitney Merciless has started, has started the season really, really well, but the last couple of games, he has not looked the same. And after we lost J.J. Watt, it seems like that took a lot out of the Texans' front seven. I know they played well against the New England Patriots, but when you take a look at the game that they had against the Baltimore Ravens when they gave up so many rushing yards. I'm really concerned, and that's my biggest area of concern when it comes to how the Texans will stop Henry because this this is a guy who me and John, we talked about it a lot of times on, on, on our show. This is a guy who's probably putting together the best second half offense of any running back probably in history I mean you could correct me if I'm wrong but this is a guy who has rushed for over 100 yards for four consecutive games am, am I right yeah yeah it's uh it's been incredible what he's been able to do in the second half of games and having him kind of being able to to run helps us get into the passing game and that is obviously where the Texans are struggling the most but you know you see a veteran corner like Jonathan Joseph he seems to step up in some of these big games they played the Patriots so well what is it about this secondary that is I guess like the team great some weeks against a team like the Patriots but then completely vulnerable against a team like the Broncos well, I, I think the secondary's issue from what I've been seeing this entire year, we can go back to game one of the season. It's just the inconsistencies of play calling by Romeo Cornell. Now, the secondary has dealt with injuries and issues the entire year, right? And it, it's, it's a part of the game. Uh, Jonathan Joseph goes down. Roby goes down. Lonnie Johnson Jr. goes down for a couple games. Now, those are all our starting cornerbacks. And then we look at Gibson missing games, Reed missing games. So we've had a lot of inconsistencies due to injuries. And that's the part that sucks. But the very first game, we have a full secondary. We get shredded by a rookie <laughs> quarterback in the second game. You know, coverages were very basic, very simple to where Locke had time to just really pick him apart. The inconsistencies scheme-wise has been a issue for me and a lot of people here in Houston the entire season. Are we going to play too soft? Are we playing too, too – it's just – However you want to flip it, coming into this game against the Tennessee Titans, we have to know that not only has Derrick Henry nearly rushed for 600 yards in four games, but this Titans offense, which at one point, before they made the switch with Mariota, was just a laughing stop. Now Ryan Tannehill gives them something that they haven't had since they drafted uh, Mariota, and that's a quarterback who can consistently throw the ball without making too many mistakes. Yeah, it's, so much it's so that A.J. Game. Brown has looked 
so much better and comfortable with Tannehill as his quarterback, their first-round receiver draft pick, rather than Mariota. So the Titans have really built themselves a team all around, a scary one at that. Yeah, uh, they, they found a way to unlock uh, the rest of the offense with the quarterback play. Well, uh, we are going to jump into our second conversation here, the other side of this. Uh, these guys, John and Cody, are going to ask me some questions about the Titans, and we may even get in a game prediction. Who knows? We'll leave that up a little mystery for you guys. But before we jump into our third segment and the second part of our Crossover Wednesday event, I want to remind you guys that you can treat yourself to a meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code Locked On. Listening on the go, if you can't visit DoorDash right now, you can find this and all other offers from the Locked On sponsors at LockedOnPodcast.com slash offers. Welcome back in, guys. You know what it is. The crossover Wednesday, Locked On Texans with the Locked On Titans. <laughs> the, it's the funniest time of year to actually have this first crossover show because you know, you guys know we're going into a very crucial game Sunday, so we have to talk to our co-worker, our family of the podcast network, the Lockdown Podcast Network, Tyler. Um, and I just want to get right into it. How enthused, excited you've been, or just happy, whatever the the emotion to explain it, how have you been since the move from Mariota to Tannehill? Ooh, uh... I guess that's the best way to explain it right there is, uh, uh, yeah, kind of an exhale. Um, I feel like the best way to put it into words is when you look at the roster that John Robinson's been building since he arrived, you felt like it was one of the better rosters in the league. And that's why the Titans go nine and seven every year, no matter how much Mariota gets hurt or whether he's up and down in his play or the injuries, they always just end up nine and seven. And it's because any Titans fan who's looking at the team every year knows that that roster and the late round guys that John Robinson has drafted and some of the free agent additions and some of the undrafted free agents, you knew this is a, a playoff caliber playoff run type roster if they just had slightly above average or average quarterback play consistently we could be one of those teams that relies on the defense has a good running game uh, plays good special teams has good quarterback play and makes a run like you see once every three four years in the NFL in the Super Bowl we could be one of those Titans fans knew it and to see all the little gaffes and mistakes and mistimed injuries it just takes a toll on your fanship when you're not winning enough So to see it kind of break through and finally see Ryan Tannehill unlock everything that Titans fans believed for the last few years, it's just very rewarding. And it's almost on the flip side of that. Like I said, it's a relief to finally get Marcus out of here, whether he goes somewhere else or whatever he happens to do is a different story. But just to get him off the field and kind of get rid of that poison in the fan base of arguing whether he's the guy or not, I think that was a weight off the organization's shoulders as well. So it's just kind of relief to finally see what everybody believed we could get. Tyler, can I tell you something really quick? Mm-hmm. It was March 15th, 2019 at 2.34 p.m. And I tweeted how long before Tannehill takes Mariota's spot. Well, it ended up being uh, five and a half games, five and three-fourths quarters of games before he did. but. Uh, 
thank God it happened eventually and not any later. And Titans fans are left to wonder what the season would have been had Tannehill taken over at the beginning. But uh, the change happened, and um, luckily, you know, we are in a good enough position now where we control our own destiny. Hey, Tyler, um, we, we know about Tannehill and we know about Derrick Henry. We know about what they have been able to do um, throughout this second half of the season. But who 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 else has played a big factor in Tennessee's second half surge? Well, I, I think someone that deserves a lot of credit is the the offensive coordinator, Arthur Smith. He got, you know, dumped on a lot early in the season. And I think it's fair to say that he was held back by the quarterback play at the time. But other than Tannehill and Derrick Henry, who get most of the buzz, you got to look at rookie wide receiver A.J. Brown. 39 catches this year, 779 yards, six touchdowns. And specifically in the last three weeks, he's been averaging over 100 yards, a touchdown, and four catches a game. So when the season was on the line, the rookie from Ole Miss – stepped up in a in a huge way. Also, a lot of people know Delaney Walker. He was one of the stars on the team. He never really recovered to 100% from the ankle dislocation he suffered in week one of last season. And a lot of people expected him to have a big role in the team, in the offense, because we rely on play action and we use so many tight ends. His loss has been mitigated, quite frankly, and and kind of eliminated due to the play of Jonu Smith. He only has 27 catches, 316 yards, and two touchdowns, but his blocking and his versatility, uh, it's it's been relied upon a lot within the offensive scheme, maybe not so much in the box score. The last people I want to give credit to is the offensive line. Taylor Lewan was out the first four weeks of the season. Rookie Nate Davis uh, wasn't able to play from the senior bowl until like week one because of injuries and it took him four weeks to get acclimated so finally getting the offensive line together as a solid unit having them play multiple games together has contributed as well so those are the three biggest x factors that people maybe don't see in the headlines every week about the titans offense yeah most definitely and um you know it's crazy it it, i'm just so mind blown the fact that you guys at the beginning of the season you it, you guys was the were the laughing stock of not not the NFL but let's just say of the AFC South as a whole but now you guys have ran off four games in a row and could possibly be five come come Sunday but going off topic a little bit you you, you see Tannehill you see Brown you see Derrick Henry um regardless of how this season ends how optimistic are you and just Tennessee Titans fans as a whole when thinking about the future? Let's say going into the 2020 season and the 2021 season, because I'm pretty sure that young core you guys have will still be around. Yeah, Cody, I have to be honest with you. It's a very optimistic time for Titans fans, and it's part of something that my previous answer had to say, and it's what would this season have been if Ryan Tannehill had been the quarterback the entire season? Now, it's to be expected that he might regress a tad bit. He's playing like the best quarterback in the NFL outside of Lamar Jackson for the last six weeks, so you can't expect that kind of play from Ryan Tannehill this late in his career, but you can't expect above average. So to know that we will have that next season gives you major optimism because of the first answer I said, which is the strength of the roster. So having all of that together and the type of roster this Titans team has assembled, it gives you incredible optimism. And one thing that 
at least I think in my mind, is there's a really strong quarterback class in 2021. If the Titans think that Tannehill is maybe not going to give them what they're getting this year, they can always kind of mortgage the future in a move like we saw your Texans do with Deshaun Watson or the Chiefs with Pat Mahomes and trade up for a Justin Fields or a Trevor Lawrence, something like that, because the roster is so strong. So those are just some crazy pop possibilities but when you consider optimism for the future that's kind of the things that come to mind well you know what and I don't think Tannehill is looking at the future as I'm a bridge quarterback you know he's working on a new deal wants to be the future quarterback in Tennessee and you're right the way this roster has been built over the years for me, there's no, and just to stay on this topic, of course, for a little bit, there's no reason why this Titan team, and I'm going to give kudos to the front office GMs, everything, why they can't continue to improve. On, and by the way, the NFL did announce that the salary cap will increase, uh, and the 2020 salary cap will increase from 196 to 201. Uh, that's incredible. A lot of money for teams to play with. In order to build their roster, I think first and foremost, they need to make sure they keep Tannehill. He's done so much for his rookie receiver, A.J. Brown, coming out of college. I thought A.J. Brown and D.J. Metcalf would have night and day careers simply because of the quarterbacks they were going to. You know, Metcalf went to Seattle with Russ, and then originally A.J. Brown, he came to Tennessee with Mariona. Now we see the difference and potential with him playing with a quarterback that can consistently find him the ball. Uh, and I'm sorry, the numbers will actually go up from 188 to $201.2 million. So there's a lot of money for teams to play with. The Tennessee Titans already have a lot of guys on the contract. A.J. Brown is on a rookie contract. Adore is still under his rookie contract. You've already signed some of these guys to contracts. I will say this before I ask you the big main question. Of course, this team is set up to succeed in the future. However, it is still uh, December 10th, 2019, and we're far away from the offseason. But the main question everybody has on their mind, you know, Derrick Henry, this man is a grown man amongst kids that are also grown men. Have you ever taken the time out to see what he did in high school before he was recruited to Alabama? Uh, yeah, he went to uh, high school in northern Florida, close to the Jacksonville area, and uh, some of his records are, it's even crazier than a video game, the type of rushing numbers he was able to put up, uh, even as a freshman, but it's obviously due to his size and his athleticism. It's a combination that's that's just 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 rare. You you don't see it in any walk of life, let alone NFL football. It's even rare in a in a sport like that amongst gladiators. So, uh, yeah, his high school production is unrivaled. I'm not sure how it matches up nationwide, but obviously it it set tons of records in Florida, which is one of the best high school football states in in the entire nation. So, absolutely. And what I'm getting at is he's so strong. He has he has the speed. He has the strength. Once he gets to that second and third level, I don't think nobody wants to tackle him. Now, he is dealing with a hamstring injury. He also came out and said, ain't no quitting in me. These guys want to make the playoffs. What has made him so effective during this stretch? Well, I, I think that it's a combination 
of multiple factors. So the Titans run a zone blocking scheme uh, different than like a power or man scheme. And what that does is it creates cutback lanes and creases, and it kind of lets Derrick Henry pick and choose which crease and which lane he wants to go to based on how the defense is. It allows him to kind of read it. So he takes those patient for first few steps up to the defense, lets them kind of stretch out, sees where it is. And then once he starts to accelerate, well, now his speed is going to carry him through the first level. And then once he gets into the second and third level, he's going so fast that now his size is what gives him the mismatch. So combining those things together with the threat of a passing game, which is a big factor here and a difference from having Tannehill in uh, all those things together, people more worried about him, uh, the zone blocking scheme that the Titans use that matches up with exactly how he wants to run. It's all a, a perfect combination and you see the success. He's been the best running back in the NFL by production since uh, like week 12 of last season for the last 18 games. He, he's been the best running back in the league. It's incredible. Uh, very incredible. His run, uh, and, you know, I, I've been trying to think in the last five to ten years, who has been the second best, who's been the best second half of the season running back. It just seems like Derrick Henry waits until week eight to just wake up and play some damn football, but he's scary right now along with the rest of that team. I think this game is going to be who wins this game. I think it'll determine who wins the AFC South. Because we know they play each other Sunday. The Texans have to go play the Buccaneers, which uh, that Buccaneers team with Jameis Winston, you just never really know what you're going to get. You're going to get the good, the bad, the really ugly, and then the Jameis Winston. And then they have to play each other to end the year off. I think who wins this first game wins the division. And all things considered, I believe when when people are hot, I'm going to go out my way now and just do my prediction. Yeah, go ahead. When you have a hot hand, Right. When you look at Clay Thompson, what he's able to do in the NBA, when he's hot, he can drop 33 points on 11 dribbles. You're going to continue to ride that hot hand. The Tennessee Titans are a hot team. They're just beating guys. They're going to run you over. And then Tannehill's going to he the thing that makes Tannehill so great for this team. And kudos to him. Another he's a Texas quarterback out there laying boys out on tackles. That's how we Love get that. down here in Texas. Love that. It's Titans but, quarterback. Titans quarterback, and he's he's from he's from Texas, and that's how we we're tough down here. But mm-hmm. what makes him so good is he's going to give you three touchdowns, but he's not going to give you a turnover. You know, he's going to limit those turnovers. He's going to get you those scores since they've made that switch. How good have that offense have that offense been? And great in red zone, great at converting. Just Tannehill has elevated their offense to a very, very new height that we didn't expect to see this year because of the guy they had at quarterback at first. With that being said, I believe the Titans win this game, which is scary because I just said who wins this first game will win the division. I think the Titans win. And I think this game will be maybe too early for a number, but I always give our numbers just 28-24. I think it will definitely be a close one either way, John. I, I, I do agree with you there. Cody, what's your prediction? Um, I honestly do believe the title of the AFC South will go down to the very last game. Um, you know, you guys are hot, but you guys do face the New Orleans Saints next week. The same time we are playing against the um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But um, I'm going to – you guys are hot. 
And I believe it's going to take New Orleans to bring you guys back down to reality. I have 24-21 Titans. Let me say this. I do believe if we're full of plays, that has been a question for the entire year. If, 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 if he plays, it's known that the Texans offense is dynamic and different. Mm-hmm. That's so if if he plays, then you know we can we can follow each other on Twitter and we can you know have fun on Twitter and I, we can go back and forth, of course. But if if it comes out that he's going to play for sure, then my my prediction may change in May because I've seen how effective he is for this offense when he's on the field right now. I'm not sure. I'm not 100 percent sure. I got to go with the Titans. Okay, a little injury condition on the prediction. I get it. Will Fuller does make a big difference in the game. As for my prediction, uh, I think that both of you guys uh, have a good leg to stand on to be right. Um, This game, I think, will be important for the Titans. I think the Titans have to win this game no matter what to have a chance uh, because one thing is just a, a, a momentum and a mental aspect. I do think that the Titans will most likely lose to the Saints. And even if the Texans do lose to the Buccaneers because they can be tough to play if Winston has a good game, I think it's going to be a mental edge with the teams playing so close together. Playing two times in three weeks in the last three weeks of the season, it's going to be a mental game who has the advantage and who doesn't. So I think that if the Titans are able to win this game, uh, they're going to basically if they lose this game, I don't think there's any way they can beat the Texans in week 17. If they win, it gives them at least a mental advantage going into the week 17 matchup in Houston. I'm going to say that the Titans do continue to be hot and do win this game. They're going to need to score some points. I think they'll be able to do so. I'm going to say that the score is 31 to 27 Titans. We all got close games. Yeah, it's going to be a close one. It's going to be a dogfight because I think ultimately both defenses are just banged up and not in a good place, and both offenses are going to be able to make a difference. So whichever team finds a way to get turnovers on defense, get a couple turnovers because I don't think either defense is going to stop either team. Whichever team finds a way to get turnovers, uh, whichever defense can do that, I think will will give their offense more opportunities to score and eventually win the game. Sounds good. Um, yeah, we will 100% agree with you. Like, it, I do believe this game is going to come down to whose defense step up the most. And honestly, I just don't have faith in the Texans defense. That <laughs> game that they put on against the Denver Broncos, I was so disappointed. Like, me and John really thought this was going to be a cakewalk victory. Matter of fact, everyone in Houston thought this was going to be a cakewalk victory. And they disappointed us so much to the point it's just like, you know what, what the hell with it. Yeah, at this point in time, I can understand you not having, you know, complete confidence. And and it's unfortunate. That's the type of thing that the Titans would do. You look at last season, defeating the Eagles and then losing to the Bills, uh, beating the Patriots and then coming back and coming out flat. It's like every time the Titans have a big, huge victory, what looks to be their biggest victory of the season, they come out flat the next week. They haven't done that this year, which is why optimism is at an all-time high. But I literally know the exact feeling that you guys have seen your team be at the highest high and the lowest low in back-to-back weeks. It's it's an unfortunate feeling. Can I say this before we get out of here? Of course. The last four games, the Titans are 4-0, right? And yes. we understand that 
their defense has had issues. Mm-hmm. So much so. A lot of injuries, a lot of issues. So much so that they are losing the time of possession battle in those four games. That shows you how dominant that offense has been mm-hmm. in the last four games. Which 35 four? against the Chiefs, 42 against the Jags, 31 against the Colts, 42 against the Raiders. They're smacking teams in the mouth, and then they're daring you to come score with us. 60 now, minutes, too. 60 minutes. 60 minutes. Smacking you. They're getting the ball scored so quickly that their defense now, like I said, I, I wanted to bring the point where that's an area of this team that can be exploited. Their defense has been staying on the field a lot longer. I get it. The Texans are going to be able to use it in, in, that, in their advantage. Excuse me. But we have to contain this offense. You mean to tell me they're 4-0 in the last four games, and in each game they lost the T.O.P. battle? That tells you how much Ryan Tannehill means to this offense, but just so how goddamn good Derrick Henry is running that ball. They're a deadly combination right now, that's for sure. What a fun crossover. Most definitely, especially the, the after show. The yeah, after but show. you guys didn't get a chance to hear that, but we thank you for tuning in, of course. And you know you can always check us out on your favorite podcast platforms, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, I'm sorry. Check us out everywhere. Very fun. And were we a little bit too brutally honest? I think everybody... Nah, I think it, we need we need we need brutal honesty. But to be honest, I don't I don't think it's brutally honest. I I believe everybody feels like this. I had a couple people hit me up in my DMs on Twitter and was like, "Cody, I I just don't know what to say about this team anymore. We don't look like contenders, and I, I feel like they're about to disappoint us." Yeah, I can definitely see that. My man, Electrifying Phenom on Twitter, he's such a fun follow. He's always interacting. We're going to put him on the show. We got to. Just give us a call one day. But he says, I know I blame B.O.B. for a lot of things. That said, I also agree that the blame should also be on our D.C., Cornell. We lost the same game because he decided to go with prevent defense and almost lost to the pass with the same scheme. And that was in regards to yesterday's show when I kind of went on that rant about just kind of taking the heat off of Bill O'Brien and his coaching job and his security right now. Like, guys, there's other areas of blame that you can kind of point at, and it doesn't always have to be directed at the head coach. And I also did follow up my statement yesterday by saying, however, I think these next three games are very crucial, and Bill O'Brien can be viewed differently in the light depending on the outcome. And outcomes matter. We know that. At the end of your night, your outcome matters, especially if you're on a hot date. Everything's going good. You guys are getting drinks. You're having fun. You're talking. You're getting a chance to know one another. The outcome matters. And who can help you with that outcome? BlueChew.com. This episode is sponsored by BlueChew. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. BlueChew.com, that's blue like the color, brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. BlueChew is prescribed online by licensed physicians, so you don't have to go to a doctor's office or wait at the pharmacy. It ships right to your door in a discreet package. They're made in the USA since BlueChew prepares and ships direct they're cheaper than a pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. That's right. Your outcome does not have to be awkward. Right now, we've got a special promo 
deal, special deal for our listeners. Visit Bluetooth.com and get your first shipment free. When you use special promo code Locked On. just pay the $5 shipping. Again, that is special promo code Locked On. We thank Bluetooth for sponsoring Locked On Texas. This is Locked On Texas. I'm John, some sports guy Hickman. I thoroughly enjoy doing this show with you guys, listening and <laughs> getting feedback, talking trash on Twitter, social media. It's always fun. DM me, mention me, it doesn't matter. Follow me on Twitter at some sports guy with two Y's at the end. I still have my suit that I wore in my best friend's wedding. Yeah, that's still me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And on Twitter, I talk about everything, sports, music, food. Lizzo, and did you see Lizzo at that Lakers game? I'm so tired of her. Cody would rather not talk about that. I'm so tired of her. Was that not a sight to see? She uh, she had a crush on Carl Anthony Towns who got distracted. Distract-assed it. See how I did that? Distract-assed it. Whatever. Cody, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter where I would not be talking about Lizzo in no way, shape, or form. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-A-S underscore 24. Word from the wise. There is a lot of things that goes on in arenas and stadiums. You may want to put on full clothing before you go sit down on those seats and walk around. That Can I go really quick? You guys remember what happened on Space Jam when like the players were losing their powers and then mm-hmm. everybody thought it was like a virus going around the entire NBA? Mm-hmm. That's the possibility that can happen if you walk around arenas and stadiums with your ass out. Until next time, guys. Peace. You are locked on Texans. Your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.